0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Stuck with the long shot again till I get the iPhone 28 or whatever, 15 or 13. <laughs> that's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. Um, so if you can hear me, just say good morning. Um, I see there's two of you here. If not, um, there might be audio issues. I hope not. Good morning. All right, so I'm gonna take that as you can hear me. You can hear the words coming out of my mouth. Man, my glasses are always so dirty. How has everyone's week been? Sorry I missed you guys last week. I, uh, I don't know what was going on. I was just like super, super sick. And, um, I I tested negative for COVID um, but it felt like COVID it was like super like I just couldn't get energy you know like I just was like up for like two minutes and felt like I had just ran a marathon or something it was really wild and it was like three or four days and I thought I would be able to just crank out a talk the next day and I still just horrifically sluggish um so yeah, that was a lot, um, so, uh, we have got a lot to get into today. I have been doing uh, a lot more reading than usual. So, uh, are you guys ready for Thanksgiving, by the way, isn't that what's that's next? That's Thursday and school is out I'm going to a soccer game a little soccer game after this and uh school's out and it is thanksgiving so always a always a fun time to go around and be with your relatives i saw a meme the other day was like do you think like your conservative relatives are like oh no my open-minded uncle is coming to dinner this week <laughs> I'm sure they do. I know they do cuz I have been the open-minded uncle. Who has not been invited to uh to dinner. Um man, I, yeah. Guess it was uh, was it a year ago that uh I don't know. I think I maybe tried to visit my dad a year ago during Thanksgiving, and it didn't work out. But I wasn't sure if it was Thanksgiving or not. But anyhow, that's another another form another trauma for another day. Um, so I've been reading uh, more. I've gone back and and started reading the beginning again of Todd McGowan's uh, book on Hegel. Um, I've also finished reading, um, Tillich's book that we went through, which why for some, uh, my search for ultimate meaning or something, I can't, I don't have the book in front of me, but so I finished that and it's incredible. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. Um, but like I said, I've been going through Todd McGowan's work on, uh, Contradiction is, I just want to continue to learn more and more about contradiction because I find it to be really interesting. Um, but this is a, this is kind of a side note of today's talk is, is, is I was really inspired by some of his words about um, capitalism and what that does to us and often how we uh, maybe miss it. So that's what we're going to talk a, a little bit about today. So, so buckle in. And, oh, you may have seen, um, they made what they call a soft announcement that, um, the Tammy Faye musical is, uh, the Tammy Faye musical is, is coming to, uh, Broadway. America! So, it'll be in New York. And, uh, I saw it in London. And was really touched by it. There are irreverent moments. So if you're super sensitive, you might not want to go. But um, they're hilarious, you know. Um, If you grew up Christian and and, and are used to, like, Christian people making fun of Christianity, there's some of those typical, like, you know, like, Jesus wants us inside him, you know, that kind of thing. You know, where they're like, oh, isn't that funny? Um, (laughs) We've been laughing at it for years, folks. Um, but it's, it's really well done. I mean, I was like a mess afterwards. It was really touching. Um, and, uh, are some just really, uh, some cool scenes in that thing. It just, like an imagination, imaginary of what happens when mom goes to heaven and things like that. And that was just kind of, you know, what a life to live to see where someone does that and puts that on. And, um. You know, it was really incredible. So, so I must I must have not wanted to do today's talk because it must have been some sort of Freudian slip that I had this morning because I have hundreds of pins. Okay, hundreds. <laughs> my pins. I put pins and cases everywhere, and uh, grab my backpack, put everything in it, march off to get my corporate iced tea. And uh, I have one, I have one, I could only find, I found one pen, thank goodness, one pen that barely wrote and finally got it to write better. But um, I was thinking that that's been my unconscious just being like, you don't want to do it. Don't do that talk today. Or maybe it was the spirit of capitalism saying, don't do it. <laughs> We're so entrenched in a way of thinking that even our unconscious gets into, it gets into our unconscious. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today, the system that I never thought I would be questioning, that I'd grown up hearing other punk rockers talk about, and thought, oh, it's cute, but that's just the way life is, and, you know, we all have to deal with it. Because, I mean, I was already, like, you know, I mean, my first job at, like, 12, and I got paid under the table for working at the the skateboarding store, um... That's long gone now, so they won't get in trouble, but it was in Fort Mill. Uh, and uh, So yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I think, you know, my family, everybody like my family thought capitalism was America, and that's what made us Americans, and that's what made us somehow free and special now. Now I realize what my teachers were telling me when I was in high school. You'll understand when you grow up, and what they meant was, is you'll understand that when you grow up, that you're going to have to pay bills, and not a lot of people are going to give a damn, and it's going to be really, really tough, and uh, you're going to, ha- you know, have kids for some crazy reason through all that, and still try to uh, survive, and realize that, you know you can't afford to get sick, and you can't afford to have sick kids, and you can't afford to, you know, have your teeth fall out, or you can't afford to have bad eyesight, or you can't afford, you know, it's just, or now it's like, or groceries, or gas, or, you know, um, did you guys see the one where they, uh, the, what was it, the cartoon, we're gonna talk a few, about a few cartoons today, but well, to one more, but, um, you know the, the the Sneed's, the guy who made the Sneed's, and because it cutting down all the trees. The Dr. Seuss books, and then the, and then the cartoon version, the guy has built a new city where he charges for air. You know, like they, they charge air, and he doesn't want trees because trees make oxygen. You know, and they all sing this song, because um, the kid sneaks in a seed and plants the tree. Spoiler alert. And the kids sing the song, let it live, let it live. And then like, of course the capitalistic guy, who's like making all this money off the air, <laughs> starts singing, let it die, let it die, let it die, let it die. And uh, I thought that was really funny. Another thing is through my job hunt, I so I, I got turned down by a couple grocery stores. I'm hoping that this is just like some sort of weird holiday effect that right now they're just like, we've got all these holiday people, so we're not hiring anybody. Um, but I was remembering that movie Sid and Nancy. I don't know if you saw the movie Sid and Nancy, but um and I was talking to this, uh I was talking to my girlfriend about this and uh said uh I said do you guys said do you remember that that part and she goes, Oh, I need a job, I want a good job, I need a job. Oh, it is, a, I need a job that meets my artistic needs. I want a job, I want a good job, I want a job. It's really hilarious. Um, I put it on my Twitter. You can Google it and watch it on YouTube. You could watch it now if you want. I mean, it is, I don't know why, that has been in my head. Well, it meets my, meets my artistic needs. And uh, he's, he's talking to Johnny Rotten. Obviously, it's a probably a very made-up moment, but um, that's been in my head. Anyhow, speaking of capitalism, it's all around us. It's everywhere. It's like the Holy Spirit. Um, and a lot of you are rolling your eyes right now because I'm saying this and thinking, well, like I did. Well, It's funny when you grow up and you change and you look back at moments of things when you rolled your eyes, like, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I can, like, like. and this is going to make some of you really angry, but the, the, But it's, it's to make a point because it used to make me really angry at one time. Um... Uh, we remember when Al Gore was running, and then you know um, the Green Party guy was running, who who never combed his hair. Gosh, what was his name? I can't remember right now. But um, or was always like he just needed to comb his hair was always like. And there, and, and people were like, I'm voting for Green Party. I was like, Oh, you're gonna. You're just giving it to the Republicans when you do that. You're just giving it to the Republicans when you vote third party. You know, you can't do that. There's too much at stake. You want George Bush to be your president, you know, and getting really mad about it. And now it's like, I just like, I don't, like I, I just don't feel like I can vote for Joe Biden. Or, and definitely can't vote for Donald Trump, you know, and it's like, you know, and now I'm one of those people. And... And it's, it's crazy when you, your convictions grow and the things, how you feel about things grow and your understanding grows. But what I think is cool about that is holding on to those moments of when you were there and keeping, that's where empathy comes in. Okay. That's where understanding comes in. This is going like, oh wait, I've been at that point. So I don't need to like be an asshole about it. What I need to be is understanding about it and have a good conversation about it. You know, and a good talk about it. It's so funny when I say things and the fact that they have people, like they put the number of people, that someone leaves every time I say something crazy. But I know it's probably just because I wanted to go watch that fun video. But I, I'm, I'm such a sensitive soul. Um, oh, they came back. Thank goodness. Maybe they just watched that video. Um, but yeah, that's where empathy comes in is when we grow and when we change and realizing like, oh, you know, I felt that way and I used to get mad at me. You know, nah, I understand. I understand where they're coming from. You know, I, I've done that, as tried to do that as a parent. I try to do that as a friend. I try to do that as whatever I am now, pastor, leader, friend, whatever this is, you know. Um, this weird <laughs> line in your television with me in the middle, you know, um, or computer or phone or wherever you're watching, you know, to, 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 to live in that moment. But let's, I'm going to look at some of, um, I, I just wrote down some quotes that I really liked from uh, Todd McGowan's book and, and just some of the stuff he was saying. And, and I, I, it's funny because I do better if I just am able to see things and stuff. And so I've been trying to write down quotes now and that rather than just read them for books because it helps me learn more, helps me stick in my brain. Um, but this is also something that we're going to talk about. So this is also going to be a lightning rod right now is we're going to talk about, we're talking about identity as well. So I feel like even just saying that I'm talking about capitalism kind of blows the twist. Of the end, um, but we're also going to be talking about identity and, and and what that is, and so so that's how we're going to start. So don't get confused when I go right into talking about that as first. Um, and otherness, and I like this. The, 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 the Todd McGowan uses the word otherness. He goes, without differing on otherness, or uh, something ha- without differing on otherness, a something has no. Uh, distinctiveness. Now, I like this because it's almost like we're, we're, we're in Doctor Dr. Seuss right now. Without defining an otherness, a something has no distinctiveness. It's not that distinctive from one thing. Like if I don't, if I just say, "Well, there's a bunch of trees," then you just think trees. But then when I'm like, "Oh, well, there's a redwood," and then there's um, a fern or whatever. I don't know trees very well. Yeah. Then you know there's a difference. Or if I go. Oh, it's he's it's that man over there. There's a bunch of men and women. Well, you you know, like okay, well it's not the women I'm guessing. Uh, so that's yeah, it's the man. Well, which man is it? You know, and it's the portly balding man. Oh, the portly balding man. Which um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. Not probably what you want to hear. Um, but that's how a lot of people would say. You know, or it's the black man. Why does it got to be a black man? Well, because I'm, I'm explaining how this, what the, the person is, and okay, well, there's three black guys. Which black guy is the guy in the black suit? You know, whatever. Um, so, what, whatsoever, so if something has no dis- distinctiveness whatsoever, and this is Todd saying it, and bleeds together with ever, and it bleeds together with everything else. So that's kind of the idea of when we went when, without differing. We bleed together. We become, you know, one of the humans over there. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you know? Well, what do you know about this person? It's Well, they're human. Well, what... Is there anything particular about them? Oh, known, that's all I know. They're human. Good luck. Um, another quote that he talks about goes, The otherness... And this is also, this is, this is, and I'm reading because this is commentary on Hegel. So we're really getting like Hegelian information from one of the best Hegel, Hegelian teachers, in my my personal opinion, uh, is, this is what we're getting through. So this is Hegelian thoughts on otherness as well. So I, I need to give that. So you're getting me interpreting a guy who's interpreting a guy. Um, so there you go. Um, the otherness intervenes is the definition of something uh, to critique, the, the distinction the, the, that constitutes it. So when the otherness intervenes, it is the definitions of something to create. You know? So we create something else when the otherness comes into this. Um, another thing he says is the otherness begins as merely an external point of reference. So, so, so the otherness, so like, oh, the man, the, the oh, the guy with the green hat, the star on it, you know, oh, is he communist? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Boy, there was that you know? Um, I just think it looks cool dudes. Um, and dudettes. Um, but you know, like the otherness, the otherness over there. So, so, so the otherness intervenes. So all of a sudden we're not others, but now it intervenes when it goes, well, there's the woman, and there's the man, and there's, uh, you know, an Asian person, and there is a black person, and there is, uh, you know, um, you know they, them, or whatever, you know, I mean, you know, whatever, you know, there's a punk rocker with the purple hair, well, maybe they're punk rocker, you know, because you go, oh, I'm not a punk rocker, I'm, a pr- I'm goth, you know, whatever, you know, and so we start to get these these otherings of how we other people, and then a lot of us Go, I like it. I like the otherness. Like when I was a skateboarder and, you know, I like to be called, I'm a skater. You know, I thought I was, skateboarders were <laughs> just the top, you know. Uh, but then, you know, when I was very self-righteous Christian, I had a, I used to have a sticker that says, I'm not a punk, I'm a Christian, you know, whatever. Um, I loved all that kind of stuff you know, the identifiers, the otherness. How do I other myself and how do I really, really lean into the otherness of my otherness? How do I become, you know, think of that Green Day song. I want to be a minority, down with the moral majority, cause I want to be a minority, you know, um, so it's the idea of like we all want to be different. We all kind of want to have this otherness, you know, they're somewhere along the lines, you know, being mainstream wasn't cool anymore, man. And um, so otherness plays into this, and, and then Tillich talks about otherness and contradiction and how they play together, and so we're kind of playing on those concepts in a very simple idea. So, so the inner, otherness intervenes and is the definition of something to create. It's the distinction that, that, that constitutes it, or them, or us. Uh, he's using objects here, I'm using people. The otherness begins as merely an external point of reference and ends up, now listen to this, it ends up as a def- definitive, definitive for how we identify something, and then I put in little parentheses, <laughs> or someone. So the external, so the otherness begins as merely as an external point of reference, remember like oh there's a bunch of cars oh there's it's a red car oh it's a honda oh it's a honda accord it's a honda accord 2.0 you know and uh, it's a 1999 honda accord 2.0 which i don't know if that 2.0 is a thing but you know you get what i'm saying and so the otherness begins as merely an external point of reference and ends up being def- definitive for how we identify something or someone. So me going like, I'm a punk, I'm a Christian, and that's how I want to be identified. And so we all go like, I want to be identified as this. And we see a lot today with, you know, um, uh, pronouns and people who are like, you know, well, I am a person of this and I am this and this, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. But what I'm saying is, is this is where, how otherness kind of starts to happen. Okay. You know, um, and I'm a Republican, and I'm a Democrat, and I'm a conservative Republican, you know, and then I'm a liberal Democrat, I'm a middle middle ground Democrat, I'm a fiscal Republican, I'm a, you know, all this stuff, all these identifiers, all these, uh, you know, these external points of reference start, you know, if they're not external, then they make them verbal, so they become external points of reference, so we know who people are, and then we can kind of, judge accordingly and one of the things we're good at is judging folks and judging communities and judging each other and um, and then realizing that that's bad and then defending a community that's been overjudged, and then we turn around and then and this was in the Tillich book I wish I would have had that this today but I, I didn't bring, I didn't do much with that because I felt like it, there was another talk there but there, there, there's this thing where we turn around and we almost become that which we don't and then we other the other you know so we go oh. Othered these people, so now we've got to other these, you know, and and it's this, 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 but we have these external points of of reference. I think that's why slavery works so well, uh, is that you know, you had all these slave owners being like, you know, well, they look, don't they don't look like us, you know, they don't sound like us, and you know, and when they come in speaking. A different language. Well, their language. We're gonna to have to teach them our language, you know. And then, they, oh well, they're not like. They're, and then they started going like they're not even really human, you know. They're subhuman, you know. They're they're human beasts, you know. And they was and they have like this indention in the back of their. You know, they had all this bullshit to sell to other these folks to justify free labor, you know, and um, and to build, unfortunately, build a country on. And and to bring incredible wealth, it's amazing how, how wealthy you'll become when you don't have to pay people. <laughs> and and so there becomes the otherness. Um, but what happens in time is uh, slavery is outlawed. When of course we realize, like you know, black and white people are human beings. We're all human beings. There, there's nothing different going on there. Um, you know, sometimes uh, progressives will be like, well, you know, they, they'll grab a group of people and, and say, oh, they're special because they've been through, you know, and I get it, but what I'm saying is is we're all humans, okay? We have different customs, we've gone through different things. My African-American, my black brothers and sisters have gone through a lot because of, uh, uh, of slavery and because of racism and the things like this, but the fact is, is like when we use racism, when other people use racism, they, they create something to be afraid of and they they based on an external judgment I'm, I'm going to be afraid of them externally, you know, because of an external judgment and because they maybe live in poverty. And, well, well, the reason they're in poverty is because of your external judgment. Uh, you know, th- this, is what, this is what's happened over the years is because we, what we did, you know. We in slavery, but then we said we can't eat in the same room together and drink out of the same water fountain. I mean, there's external things at play, you know. They're not having the same economic, you know, there's no equality here. Anyway. So it's complicated, and so there's contradictions here. So it's not, this is not a binary thinking talk right now. This isn't where I'm going to go, like, this is wrong, and this is right, and this is what you do. If you're looking for, like, a binary thinking type of talk or sermon, I bet you there's a thousand of those at least going on this morning, but it's not happening here because I'm non-binary in my thinking. So, um... Yes, no, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Um, here we go. Here we go. Um, so capitalism depends on sub the subject regarding themselves as an isolated being, whose identity does not involve otherness. So this is what capitalism does, and it's pretty groovy, man. And you can almost see how some of the hippies who like kind of gave up hippiness and became like, you know, corporate leaders and corporate bosses <laughs> justify <laughs> their working, um, is with capitalism, and, and you might disagree on this, and and, and, and that's great, because that's what we do here, because what we do when we disagree, we disagree well, and what do we do when we disagree well, we, we learn. You know, We learn more, and I learn more, and that's great. Um, but but Todd McGowan's opinion on what Hegel is saying on capitalism, capitalism depends on the subject regarding themselves as an isolated being whose identity does not involve otherness. And so what they want basically you to do, um, and, and this is where I'm going to say capitalism and Christianity are similar. Well, oh my gosh, and there's going to be a huge contradiction here, so you got to be ready and sit down and be prepared for the end because uh, this is one of those times where it might be helpful to use and see how the other is using something and return the favor a little bit. Um, so see, there's no, like, there's no just black and white answers here. I wish there was, you know, like now I'm going to say like, oh, well, now we're going to kind of do what the others are doing, you know? Um, but I think there's a way to do that when we see something good and someone we don't agree with, we can maybe take the good and leave the bad. I mean, that's what I always did in AA is, you know, you take what you need and leave the rest. You know, there's certain things that just didn't work for me. Um, so capitalism depends, I'm going to say it again, the subject regarding themselves as an isolated being who is identity that does not involve otherness. Um, so now you're gonna kind of like, well, why, why do they pay women less and things like that? And we can get into all sorts of like, you know, ideas and thoughts of, oh, women have children, and they're the workplace, and this, this, uh, thats It's not really where we're pointing at today, but it's a good conversation worth having, having. But I think with capitalism is that they will pay anybody less that they can. I just think that ultimately identity in some ways for capitalists uh, doesn't become a thing until it becomes like, oh, well, now I have to have a diverse group of people because that's it hurts my company when I don't. So, you know, well, oh God, we have to pay women equally? Well, that's, well, I mean, it's best for the company, you know, or, oh, you know, we need to have more faces of color, yes, yes, you know, did you get those pictures on the pamphlet, on the envelope of all the people of color having fun? Yeah. Well, we actually have to hire folks who look different than us. Okay. Now that can be anybody. I mean, that could be any race. I, 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 you know, I'm not just going to pick on the white race here. That could be anybody's thing is like, well, we've got to have diversity. We've got to, oh, well, you know, oh, well, you know, pride month will hang the gay flag, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but do we care if the workers are gay? No, we just want them to produce. Cause that's the whole point of, of capitalism is that we make more money, you know? Um, but in order to make money, we've got to put the flag up. We've got to, you know, do whatever, you know. What about religion? I No, 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 religion, we can't touch religion. You know, that's not good. Um, you know, what, you know, and then they go like, well, hey, I got an idea. We'll put this transgender person to sell their beer and then it backfires. You know what I mean? And then they're like, oh, what do we do? Well, we own all the beer companies now, so we'll just kind of distance ourselves from ourselves. You know, this is capitalism, okay, folks? This is like confusing. There's so much contradiction within the capitalistic world. It is crazy and the otherness because um, uh, otherness to them is about the bottom line it's always about the bottom line and the hardest lesson I've learned through people who love even my family and, and, and things like that is it's it's not about at the end of the day it's not about like oh we you know are her son I oh, cherished you know it's about the bottom line man and, and it's tough to learn you know ultimate, even everybody else is thinking about the bottom line. Like, you know, I've, I've had friendships fall out because it was about, you know, there was money involved and it was about the bottom line, you know, and the bottom line was more important. So you just have to take it on the chin, you know? Um, I'm not sure who Adam Smith is, but uh, Adam Smith recommend, uh, recognizes that labor is the source of value. And this is just now, so now I'm a guy talking about a guy talking about a guy talking about a guy. Um, But I I like this, and I'll look up more about Mr. Smith later, but recognizes that labor is the source of value. But come on, we do Christianity. I mean, the Gospels are like, what, 40, 60 years old, so I think we do a lot of guys talking about guys talking about guys talking about guys, right? Or or guy, man, person, human, blah, 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 tradition. Um, Recognizes that labor is the source of value, but he conceptualizes the exchange between the labor and the capitalist as an exchange between two independent, self, sub, self-serving self being, beings. As a result, the capitalist has no responsibility for the miserable situation of the laborer. Did you hear that? So, you know, if... And I see this like all the times of like, you know, like landlords and things like that. They're like, I'm not responsible for your job. I'm not responsible that you got in trouble at work. I'm not, you know, to me, it's just about, you got to pay your rent on time. That's, that's it. This is a professional relationship. There is no emotion and no understanding here. There is not a break. Most people are that way in the business world. And that's how you make successful business. That's why I've never been really good at business. Probably why I'm not very good at. Working for the man, why they don't want to hire me, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, um, that, that could be an excuse, I don't know. It could be that I misspell my applications or something, I'm not sure, uh, because of my dyslexia. I could be doing some sort of Freudian, unconscious thing to, to destroy my chances, who knows. Um, but the miserable situation of the labor isn't the part of the hire, the capitalist, the person who's trying, that's not it. So what we start to see is with this capitalist idea is if you know, if they can get it for free, they'll will, they will. Like if they could get free labor, there would be part of that free labor. Um, there is a lot of kind people, but there's a certain part where capitalism comes when it becomes corporations and why we see this and why we see like five billionaires in the world is they don't have, they don't, they're so out of touch with their people that their people are pissing in bottles. You know, they're not taking breaks or not, because they're just numbers to these folks. And they're like, listen, if we allow people to take pee breaks and they just, then we lose this, 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 and this, and, uh, and we've got this much in, uh, you know, in value and this much in debt and this much, and we've got to pay these people. And it's this well-balanced ecosystem and there's not really a whole lot of time for peeing. Maybe we could give them really cool peeing bottles, you know, they could put stickers on them or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, our drivers, you know, the drivers, you know, can't we got move, move, produce, 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 produce. They're not worried if their drivers are white or black or male or female, straight or gay, they or them, trans or this or that. What they're worried about is production, 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 production. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not considering the otherness of the person at this point that they're considering is, are they a good producer, you know, and so why do I fill out an application, you know, why do they ask me all these questions, it's because they want to know, like, are you going to be normal, and are you going to help produce, and are you going to be a good representative of our company, and are you going to encourage people to buy and come back and buy again, are you going to encourage people to do this, you know, um, that's why people were like, well, I'm not sure, you know, everybody's got tattoos now, so it's not a big deal, but what I remember when I first got tattoos, people were like, oh, they used to call hand tattoos job killers, you know, it's because you just didn't want a certain type of purpose person, a not certain type of other representing you, you know? So like, oh, you know, we don't want anybody looking like they were in prison or anything doing questionable. We don't want those people to, to be a part of what we're doing. So that's why we see things like Amazon always in trouble or Starbucks. I always think Starbucks is the greatest contradiction because, you know, sometimes in Starbucks you see so diverse, you know, you go into my Starbucks right down the street, it's very diverse. Okay we're talking male, female, uh, black, white, Asian, culturally inclusive, uh, sexually inclusive, you know, I don't know what everybody believes there because I can't get into their minds, but I think it's, it looks pretty inclusive. And then you find out like, they're not really that great to their workers. Like, but they get insurance, which is pretty cool. But now that's not enough, you know, and they want more and they want to unionize. And Starbucks is like, well, uh, we've got the flag. We're Starbucks. You know, we you know, your order, your ridiculous, complicated order. We'll give it to you. We've got the pride flag. We love the gays. But we don't want to give everybody a livable wage. You know, we don't want, No, you know, maybe our insurance isn't as good as we say it, it is. You know, like I pay every year for insurance. And the, my insurance is I'm going to be in bankruptcy, but I'm going to be in bankruptcy because I I spent $5,000 rather than I spent $30,000. You know what I mean? It's just like, which one, do you want to be in super debt or a little bit of debt? You know, like what kind of debt? Choose your debt. And so I'm paying people basically to make sure like if I go to the hospital, uh, I can maybe dig myself out a little bit quicker, but I'm still going to lose everything. You know what I mean? That's And I pay for insurance. I don't pay for dental insurance right now because I can't afford it. Uh, and I've had to pay $700 to have a tooth pulled because uh, of my, the years of smoking, unfortunately. Um, I've got to keep my eyes because that's how I do things. And I've got to get some surgery done on my eyes this year that I put off, um, because of insurance. So, you know, it's, it's, this is, but this is, it's a capital system. It's not, you know, what people are afraid of is some sort of like Medicare for all. But if we did have Medicare for all, it might take longer to get things done, but we would get, I would be able to get the eye surgery. You know, I'd be able to get the tooth pulled, you know, um, eventually, um, without worrying, like, oh, will I be able to buy enough groceries for my kids and myself this week? You know what I mean? Like, those are, these are these this is the system we're in, and I hope we'll wake up. I mean, it breaks my heart that I talk about capitalism and I'm encouraging us to think differently and about otherness and things like this, that the numbers of the people who are here drop. You know, like, it, 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 it's like, this is something that we should all be talking about and facing, but it's hard. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, it's like, why do people celebrate my mother? They love my mother because she loved so unconditionally. And she cared about people so much and that they're making these plays about her. They made a film about her, won Oscars, you know. People write books about her. People hate her. People love her, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, but mostly, you know, people have started to really love and respect and care about my mom and, and her legacy and who she was, you know. And so you go and you go, oh, I want to go watch a play about her. Oh, I want to read about her. Oh, she's got some old books. Oh, I mean, I'm always getting notes like, Jay, do you own the rights to your mother's music? I don't. Her ex-husband does or her, not her ex-husband, her, her, her husband, who she was married to. So write letters to Roe Messner if you want to figure that out. Hopefully he'll leave uh, my mom's estate to me and my sister so we could eventually release that music and all that stuff. That would be great. You know, but people sit back and they go, oh, we enjoy it. I mean, you lived through it. And she was so wonderful. But my job is not to just celebrate my mother's life. My job is to make each one of us into a Tammy Faye. I mean, that's the point is like, it's, let's not look at Tammy Faye and go, whoa, wasn't she great? Let's, uh, let's in- impersonate, let's, Im- you know, let's be like Timmy, let's, let's do that, you know, like when we look at Jesus, oh, Jesus was a good guy, but I'm a businessman, you know, how many of those guys, you know, who love Jesus, but they're like just cutthroat business people, you know, um, <laughs> and they justify it somehow, you know, you know, I mean, camel, but it was actually just a small, you just got to have a camel that can really get low through that eye of the camel, you know, they, they, they do all this stuff. To explain it away. But nobody wants, we don't, the point is that we don't often want to put the work into it, and the fact is, is if we want humanity to be a better place for all of us, not just for the few of us, or not just for whatever group you're a part of, then we're going to have to do a lot of hard work, and that's what Revolution is here to say, is like, if we really want to practice grace, If we really want to practice compassion, there's going to be uncomfortable moments, there's going to be arguing, and there's going to be difficult talks, because we're going to have to learn to think differently, and we're going to have to accept other people who think differently, because they may have something we need to make this world a better place, and that's the best we can do to care about each other. Like, that is the commandment of loving God with all your heart, and equally as important, loving your neighbor as yourself. This is it, you know this is why I'm anti-war. This is why I don't believe in violence. This is why, because I'm trying to love, everyone's my neighbor. You know, my I love my enemy in the midst of being my enemy. I don't love my enemy afterwards. Like, oh, we're not enemies anymore. So I love my enemy. See, this guy was my enemy, now we're buddies. You know, I live my love my enemy in the midst of being my enemy. I love my pros, persecutor in the midst of persecuting me. I love my bill collectors in the moments of them sending me all this crap of like, like, no one's censoring any comments, so that's your imagination, Joseph, I'm sorry. But that's the point. You know, so that's what's happening. We don't even have anybody working on, on this, so it, it, was the, it was YouTube. YouTube, the monster, YouTube, here we are, I'm on. And that's the thing, is even all of our communication skills, how we work with each other, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, you know, I mean, come on, folks. When we eat chocolate, there's much like very high likelihood that the people who made the chocolate are, 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 the, are little children. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's been great for the chocolate companies who make the chocolate. And those guys have been great and they've employed a lot of people to deliver chocolate. You know, it's just a little baby, you know, the kids that, that, are, that have no parents or their parents leave there so they can eat. You know, and the farmers who are too poor. To, to hire workers, so they have to bring in children to work for them for free and be slaves to, to do that. So there's your capitalism. All right? Um, th- that, that's what it's doing. I'm not saying that but we're in late stage capitalism right now and it's destroying our lives. Anyway So like I said, if they would take it for, if they could get us to work for free, they would. they really would. Um, I, have noticed with the things in Hollywood, like when I helped with, uh, the eyes of Tammy Faye for their, the film and they, I talked to them, you know, and they wanted me to come and give a talk in and, uh, New York during the release of the film. Like, Hey, Jay, we want you to come give a talk and Jessica will be there and do all that stuff. I'm like, great. It'll be 500 bucks, that's half of what I would usually pay for a talk. You know, let's, let's do that. Uh, no, we don't want to pay you that. Can we pay you half of that? And I'm going like, you guys are like a, a, a film company. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, you can't pay me half of that. You know, I think this is like also me, my work. This is what I do. And this is what I'm, you know, this is how I make a living. But it's also, you know, talking about my family and stuff like that. That can be t- tougher than just normal. Uh, so I didn't do it. You know, I just had to make a decision. No, this isn't what I'm going to do. It's, it, it's not worth it. And, and they weren't, you know, I, they called my bluff and said, Okay. You know, this could really help your career, you know, but we use each other to get ahead and we don't want, you know, it's, it comes to all the doubt, the bottom line. It's not like, oh, Tammy would love if we supported her son and helped him speak and he could help with, you know, none of that. It was like bottom line. Here's the bottom line decision. You know, that's the reality, folks. Um, and one of the things we do with professionalism is we, we often, we, we found a way to take away passion you know, and call it professionalism. And it becomes very much like re- religion because it becomes a type of dogma that's beyond question. So like if you're having, a, you're in a work and you're having a professional talk and you get passionate about something, you feel something, that, oh, we need to have a talk. You're out of line there. You know, um, I'm working with a company and uh, in this company, I'm working and asking some things to happen. And then this company is like, you know, they don't like it when the punk rock part of me starts to come out because it's not. that's not how professionals talk. We don't get passionate. We don't say, let's be punk rock. We don't say things like that, you know? You have to, you know, button up the, 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 the studded jacket and uh, put on the tie, and we were, gonna, we we're gonna bullshit each other with a lot of fine language and, and be very passive aggressive in how we communicate, and this is the, how professionalism works. Um, and we, we just take it hook, line, and sinker. Why? Because we need the job because we need the work, because something's more important than, you know, like, I got to do this, you know, so what are we? We're trapped in a situation where we've got to be this way, or we're radical enough to give up and say, nope, this is, I'm going to follow my convictions and lose it, you know, and lose the job or lose the things or or, or be seen as, you know, unpredictable. You know, what I found in life is when you start questioning things, you know, it always takes years for people to be like, oh, you were on the right page, but before, it was a troublemaker. I mean, I remember talking to pastors who are now all affirming, you know, who thought I was just a troublemaker because I was asking them to be affirming and to be publicly affirming of the LGBTQ community. And they like, oh, you're just trou-. And you know the funny thing is, some of them still this day, even though they agree with me, think, don't like me. They don't like me because I, I, I harsh to their mellow. I wasn't professional enough about it. And I was too passionate about saying, like, you need to change. You need to think differently, you know. Um, you know, I, I, the dogma you know, the dogma that's beyond question and that's, so it becomes almost like religion in this, this world, in our work life in our, our capitalism, we become almost legalistic, I mean, I'm watching the numbers drop, you know, in a minute it's just going to be me and Joseph just sitting here just talking together because um, that's all we have because um, we're worker bees we're worker bees, we're ants Now, so this is what I want to say, and you're going to see the point of this talk is coming right here, right now, and probably could have come a little bit earlier from the looks of it, but, um, in the movie A Bug's Life, has anybody seen The Bug's Life, the movie? And, uh, with the ants, very cute movie, and then there's the, the, the guy who wants, wants to be a beautiful butterfly, and there's the roly polies, are like, hey, and they do the circus, and, and it's very cute. Bugs Life. So there's a quote from the Bugs Life from Hopper, um, who's the who's who the grasshopper who gets the food from them every uh, year to, to takes the food offering to them to keep things going. Well, spoiler alert. Watch Bugs Life. So the so so these ants. They're ants and, and these ants every year have to give this, these food to these, these uh, grasshoppers. The grasshoppers said, we're gonna kill you and we're gonna destroy your whole life. And they're like a biker gang and they come in and they bully them and, and so every year they prepare the food and get ready. And then of course one little ant screws it all up and they don't have the money, food ready. And now they have to have twice the food. So they decide to hire some outside people to help them fight the grasshoppers what they don't realize is they hire circus performers rather than like tough guys because they think they're tough guys anyway point is here um uh, uh, so 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 the bug's life hopper this grasshopper one of the guys, one of the ants, mouths off to the grass. one of the grasshoppers and says this stuff, and they fly away. And then the grasshopper, Hopper, they're all drinking beer and laughing and having fun. And, you know, they've got more than enough. Than enough and, and then Hopper, the leader of the grasshoppers, finds the grasshopper who listened to the complaint of the, the ant. And he says this, Hopper says this, You let one of those ants stand up to us, then they all might stand up these puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one and if they ever figure out that if they ever figure that out there goes our way of life it's not about food it's about keeping the ants in line and so one of the things with like social media and, and and things that happen here one of the things i wrote here in this quote is, it's not about food, or you could add, it's not about race, it's not about religion, it's not about sexuality, it's not about politics, it's not about country, it's about keeping those humans in line, because the more we argue and fight with each other, The more we're going to ignore each other at work, the more we're going to ignore each other in this to the system. We're fighting each other. So we're not going to join together to say, hey, the system's a little screwed up. I can't buy groceries anymore. I can't barely afford food anymore. I can't afford my gas anymore. Like like and even with another job, you know, like I can't afford this. Like this is like um, it's becoming impossible to live. There becomes to be more and more homeless people surrounded in my community. And what these millionaires who own the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams and all these things that we all enjoy and love and become addicted to, see why do they throw things our ways and things that continue our racial bias or our our political bias? like, okay, well, feed them this. They're conservative, so keep them conservative. They're liberals, so keep them liberal, you know. Um, they, they're kind of racist. So see things that are kind of, you know, uh, you know, uh, passive aggressively racist t- towards them. Um, you know, maybe let a few things slip through on accident to them that really make them mad. Um, let's, you know, and so they do this because they know that the fact is if we all came together and realized we were fighting over an external difference that this external difference based on our genitals, based on the color of our skin, based on the country that we grew up in, based on these things, we're we're keeping us so divided. Like, if we we didn't allow these external differences to kind of get in the way and we were able to join together and go like, hey, you know, there shouldn't be five billionaires, you know? Uh, Either insurance needs to get better or medical care needs to get cheaper. You know, or we need everybody needs health care. You know, I mean they're just this is the system's broken. You know, there there's gotta be something here. Everybody should be able to have a house. People shouldn't be homeless. You know, we shouldn't use that to oh don't question, you stay in line and keep the talk the way we're supposed to talk, or you'll end up on the street like these people. I mean that's that's part of capitalism, folks, and that's just the reality of it. It's the reality that we some of us are so Im- Im- so uh, brainwashed and so conditioned to believe this that we can't think outside of that. And then, you know, you got people who come along and go like, well, look at Russia. You know, people who abused communism and made communism not communism anymore. And they're, well, look at that. You know, so we've got to, uh, it's the enemy because we've got it right. And we've done. look at us, you know, but look at us. Like, uh, so the first, the first black woman to go into an inter- integrated school uh, turned 69 years old today she is only 69 so she's just about to be 70 years old she's a year from that she's 69 years today I saw her speak about 10 years ago and this was the first time uh, in the south where school was integrated that little black girl that you see and people was yelling and screaming at her and things like that she's 69 years old today she's still alive okay so we're talking that was, 60 years ago, maybe 65, three years. Ago, we haven't grown and changed that much. We've just become more divided, more divided, more divided, more divided. You know, now there's just more levels of this uh, otherness that begins merely as an external point of uh, reference and ends up defining, ends up as a definite. Defiant definitive, ends up as a definitive for how we identify something or someone. So this external point of reference ends up being definitive for how we identify someone and everything around them. And we make these big, bold, broad stroke judgments, you know? And I see it all the time with a lot of very liberal progressives who are like, you know, on Instagram who are like ex-Christian podcast or ex-Christian this or ex-Christian that or Former evangelical, and they're so angry. They're like, "Oh, what? You just want to be patted in the back? Cause you're one of the good ones." I mean, they're angry at me. Like, I'm like, "Shit, man! I've been like defending folks forever, and you're pissed off at me." You know? Um, I remember for one of the first times I came to Seattle, someone was really angry. He's like, "I used to believe what you believe, and I don't believe in that crap anymore." It's all, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy, what do you believe?" And he's like, "I went to Mark Driscoll's church and blah blah." I'm like, "I don't believe anything like that guy," but for that person. Christianity that was the identifier and so that's how everybody was and that's when we, we, we get these identifiers and go oh that's that's what that is and that's what that is and that's who they are um, So you have this bugs life thing And so what I'm saying is, is is if you if you are having a hard time reading between the lines which I don't think you are is um, that we outnumber the bullies. And we already outnumber them in communities, but we will really outnumber them if we are able to see past each other's uh, identities in a way. And so this is where I go: like they've seen past our identities to use us as workers and to profiteer off of us. Um, So uh, maybe we need to not see each other, fight over our identities anymore—religious identities. uh, race, identities, we keep those things and we have hard conversations. And that's one of the things is like, we have, we have hurt and destroyed each other over identities and otherness. So reconciliation with a side of grace is desperately needed here. We've got to start working on reconciliation. So that's why at Revolution we talk about arguing well, disagreeing well, having tough conversations is because reconciliation is the, is the beginning, it's the first steps of this work, you know, this is how we get it, I mean, you see, you can see even, uh, you know, you can see people pushing back, you know, and you can see people who don't like it, and people who are scared, and people are like, no, we must march down the line, you know, and, 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 and we must serve this master, we can't change this thing, we gotta, you know, no, we don't, we really, really don't, but we're afraid, I'm afraid. I get nervous about it. I don't want to be homeless. I want a dad. So I'm a dad. So there's times I compromise to be able to make sure that my kids are taken care of, make sure my kids eat. There's times I'm not super radical or more radical than I, w- I want to be because I got to take care of my family. You know, I'm, I have to be responsible, but there comes a time where you've got to speak up. You got to say something. You're seeing people destroyed. Why is, is Biden supporting a war, and not calling for ceasefire? Because there's money involved. This doesn't have anything to do with human lives. You know, people's lives are falling apart. People's lives are being destroyed. I mean, these children are dying and no one's going to call for a ceasefire in the government. Like liberals are all of a sudden like, oh, you know, we've got our brothers and sisters in Israel, you know. And it's like, listen. It's a government. It's another government. Israel is another government and it's destroying people. They were just, they were cut, now they're destroying. There's these, but it's the people involved. Israel isn't Jewish people. I mean, there are Jewish people in Israel, but Israel is a government. It is a government, you know, and these are governments, but these are people now. Now we're talking about dead people, dead people, dead people, and there's money involved in war. I saw a quote where George Bush was speaking and he says, Sometimes money speaks louder than peace you know and it was kind of a freudian slip i guess on his part but he was saying like sometimes the, the money the money is moving so so much that it's hard to broker peace because everybody's getting rich because those percentage of people are getting rich and it's like that bug's life situation so reconciliation with a side of grace is definitely needed that is if we ever want to be truly free from the situation we find ourselves in every day and to the struggle that i continue to see more and more people share about every single day uh, the fight to stay alive the fight to keep off the streets the fight to make ends meet Um, and now it's become personal to me yeah i mean definitely i've applied for like 15 jobs and you know it's like nobody's nobody's hiring you know and it's like and I'm also watching a musical about my mother being put on but you know, I mean, it's like, I'm also working on a documentary about my family, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so there's no, you know, and like I said, like, to come back to like with the slave owners where they try to say, uh, black men and women and children were somehow not quite human, not quite this. They othered and they othered and they used, they use it when it works. When, when, when it, when it comes down to the bottom line, people go to any means necessary. And greed is a horrific thing. The need for greed and control is a horrific thing. That's why I've always taught preached grace because legalism is a type of control and it controls a situation, you know? So there you go. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that we can't. No more othering. Easier said than done, am I right? But it needs to be said so it can be begin to be heard. Like, it's always, always easier said than done, but we've got to start having these conversations. We've got to start having these, these, these talks with each other. Uh, uh, easier, you know... Uh, um, so we can start to work. So we can work together. So we can see that there's a problem. So... So no more othering is like, yeah, Jay, good luck with that, you know. Um, look at all of us and your flair and everything. You're othering yourself, you know. Well, how do, we, how do we start to see past these things then? How do we start to, to see each other as each other, as humans, as people, and have these hard conversations? They want us to question each other and not them. You know, they want us to argue with each other and and not them. But So what I'm saying is our key is we'll we'll continue to argue, but we're going to start to argue respectively. We're going to start arguing with love and compassion and grace and not scream at each other and not act, you know, like we have to demand our way and that we have to be heard, but we're going to try to be heard and try to have a conversation and try to be adults with each other. And it doesn't always going to be work, talk, but it's learning to listen and learning to talk well and communicate well and allowing for moments of passion, allowing for moments of, of of heated moments because that's humanity and human and recognizing that as a human part of all of us we deal with, you know? I mean, I yelled at somebody the other day over something and I went back and I apologized. I said, you know what? That wasn't fair. I am so sorry. That was out of line, you know? Like there's going to be times where I might seem out of line that I don't come back and apologize because I don't feel that it was out of line. But there was a point at this point I was like, you know what? That was unfair and I'm sorry. You know, it was, it was the heat of the moment and I shouldn't have said it. Um, that's when I think of Galatians 3.28 where Paul says, there is neither male nor female, nor Jew nor Gentile. Think about that, neither Jew nor Gentile with the war that's happening right now. Neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. You know, we are all one in Christ. And so this idea is my idea is how do we take the same gusto of them keeping us othering each other and go, okay, we're not going to other each other anymore, but we're going to listen and we're going to work together. And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see companies, people come together and strike and get their needs met. You know, we've seen it with the car companies. We're seeing it with different companies where people have said, you know what, we're going to get together as human beings and we're not, we're, none of us are going to be treated this way because we're going to come together. Uh, despite our differences, because we all need to make a living. We all need to be, have proper health care. We all need to be able to afford to eat groceries. We all need to be able to do this. You know, even people in Hollywood were doing it, you know, and, and saying, hey, we need to be paid equally. Hey, we need to be taken care of, you know, the riders' strike. You know, all these strikes that we see happening are people coming together, and we can find inspiration from that, you know. But how the system wants to to, to push it is troublemakers. These are troublemakers. These people shouldn't be speaking out. These people shouldn't be talking. So, you know, if they don't, if, if they don't, if they rebel in the wrong way, if they don't just get signs and walk in a circle, if they really start to get mad and come to the source, you know, then we put tear gas on them, you know, and then we call them troublemakers and, uh, criminals and, and, you know, and they're, they're not practicing the order, you know, so, so that's the, the contradictions that we're going to continuously find ourselves in. Um, but you know, we must affirm the human spirit, you know, and, uh, it's, it, I, and it's hard because I know this is what made a lot of people uncomfortable. I know I, I've seen people who are friends and, and people near to me when I've when I've done things and, and and situations and meetings and people like that people who are friends of mine cringe when I say things that aren't supposed to be said or that are kind of pushing but they literally physically watch their like cover their face you know cringe type of thing. Um, uh... But I, always, I just have this passion to speak and this passion to, to, to try to speak the best truth I can, you know. And if it's not truth, if it is effective, then that's, you know, I'm willing to sit down and talk about that if it's not effective. Um, but why we argue well is to continue to grow and to see clear. We argue well is because we don't want to go to war. We want to keep wars from happening. We want to get people to sit down and, and talk with each other. We want uh, to see things like that happen. Um, you know, uh, you think about um, oh uh, Jimmy Carter and, and uh, being a peacemaker. You know, I mean, he came into situations that were horrific. You know, I, I think about the troubles and, and and how they solved the troubles in Northern Ireland. And I and I read about Hume and Hum 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 Hum. I always get his name wrong. I, I'm really bad with H names. Um, but you know, like what they did, and, and you know. And, you see, it's not easy, there's, there's compromise involved, but there's also seeing each other as human beings. I mean, it comes down basically like to food. We all need food and water and shelter, you know, and, and when we start, you know, and not to be bombed and not to be killed and not to, you know, have our lives taken away. And um, propaganda uh, is not just militaries and countries, but it's also corporations and corporate thinking and uh, how they keep order in a country and i I guarantee you like you know that's why i don't want to vote for joe or trump as i feel like they both make as much money off of war and, and that type of shit off of each other and i just can't do that can't live that way anymore uh so So the point of today's talk is to hopefully liberate us from bondage. I think if you come to revolution, you've already been seeking for liberation from like kind of religious bondage, but this is from I guess you know colonial and government bondage and and the powers that be that kind of keep us in bondage. You know we've got to get to a point where um, we. Uh, We think differently and we do things differently, but it's a fight and it takes going to require a lot of sacrifices on our parts, a lot of listening, a lot of self-denial, a lot of denying to ourselves, a lot of uncomfortable conversations uh, to get there and to continue to move forward. Um, So what will liberate us from this bondage? And that's what I hope this will encourage you to do and get you thinking. And uh, try to stay in the good, the, good, the good fight, you know. Try to keep grace in there and love in there and compassion in there and respect in there. Because um, I think we're all going through enough. We don't need to hurt each other anymore. We don't need to be arrogant and rude with each other. We need to find a new way to speak truth, and and, and uh, you know, I will allow for other people's passion because I know what it feels like. But I think feel like you know sometimes I have to be to be courteous of those who maybe aren't familiar with passion. Um, and I'm all for compromise if it, if it helps the group, if it helps everyone, if it helps humanity. I'm all for that. In contradiction, if it helps. The humans helps us as humans, and, and, and I think that was a great thing about the Good Friday Agreement was the, the, there was a lot of people um, who were who were uh, who all decided to be able to compromise for peace. You know, not everybody got what they want. You know, and um, and that's part of life. Uh, but uh, but we might be able to get the basics if we were, were to realize that but I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. Sometimes I do feel like I'm just dreaming or just spitting in the wind or just, you know, spiritual masturbation, whatever, you know, just delusions of grandeur. But I hope, and I'll continue to hope, I'd like to thank everybody for Revolution, supporting Revolution, helping Revolution. Um, Your support does make this possible. It's really been helpful this past few months you guys showed up when i thought uh i thought the credits were about to roll honestly and i want to thank you for your financial support and it's tax deductible which i'm sure we could all use tax deductible i know money's tight and i hate asking for money but that's how i do this work and uh right now this is my soul my soul my soul my job and um hopefully that won't be much longer or hopefully it will be if things turn around and, and things get better i don't know um i certainly would love to be able to do this full time um because i am passionate about this work and want to continue to build on it and do more of it um so thanks everybody for uh, sticking with this and, and and listening and uh you know I, I think it's also worth saying thanks to you those who show respect and grace and and, and appreciate you know like it's easy to focus on the negative, and I just want to thank you guys who are saying thank you and being kind. You know that really means a lot to me. Um, all right, folks. Once again, um, doing my best to argue well here. We need your support. Um, we need to continue to do this. Um, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your words of kindness. This is a, a long, long haul, and um, you know anything that we can do to to change that uh, would be great. Um, so um yeah we really do need your financial support and you guys have already showed up so i hate continuing to ask but that's just where we're at right now uh to make it through uh november and december cannot sometimes be uh the hardest months um but uh that's why we nonprofits continuously mention tax breaks and things like that because we really 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 do need your support um and these are times of the toughest months and uh you know I'm just not very good at it. So, you know, I want to be here. I want to continue to do this, and I want next year to even be better. So hopefully we can do that. And so thank you for your support. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for your help. Thank you for encouraging this, and hopefully we can do this stuff. Um, All right, folks, I'm tired. i got to go to a soccer game and uh, be a dad. Love you guys. Uh, Have a great week. All right, bye-bye.